focusing on an emerging generation of kings. Daniel chapter 1. It's a long read, but I'm not going to read the first part of it from verse 3 to verse 7. I will cite that later. But let's read from verse 8. I will read alone for time's sake from verse 8. But Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies. He decided in his heart. He resolved in his heart. He concluded in his heart. He made a decision in his heart. Look at your neighbor. Say your heart is important. Your heart is an incubation center. It says it declared or purpose in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. So based on that decision, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink. Now, once you understand this, remember we said fully funded, sponsored by grace, remember? And we said that God funds you, that God supplies your food and drinks, right? Can you see that a hidden king already appointed food and drinks even for slaves? So if a hidden king appointed food and drinks even for slaves, how much more your heavenly father? Look at your neighbor, say you have an appointment with food. She won't say, don't be too shy to tell Frank. So you have an appointment. Okay, if you don't want to say with food, around food, with food, beside food. Are we seeing that now? <laughs> right? So once you understand a thing, oh, you see, I knew you guys were resourceful. If you have the whole Ludo board, bring it. Because my original concept for this message was that people will be playing Ludo. Whilst the message is going on, but that could be distracted. <laughs> right? Because right. I want to show you something. Right. right? Somebody say, I have an appointment. My resources are secured. My provision is appointed. It says, For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Why should you lag behind? Why should you be behind schedule? Why should you fall behind? This is a hidden king, this is a fallen king. So if a fallen king doesn't want the people he has appointed to fall behind, to look bad, to be underfunded, to be tattered and battered, I can assure you that the king of kings does not want it to fall behind. He doesn't want it to be ugly. He doesn't want it to be downcast and depressed and feeling sorry for yourself and being morose and remorseful all the time. That God wants you to look good. Who am I speaking to this morning? If you don't believe that, keep on looking the way you're looking. But if God, you know that God wants to look good, brighten your eyes. Wear the big a smile around you, square your shoulders, sit up straight, uh, feel like a king that you are, and just tell your neighbor like this, God wants me to be bad. <laughs> By the way, bad is code word for good. So let's say the right way. So God wants me to be awesome, good, beautiful. Use the adjectives. Oh, some of you on the side are not saying that. <laughs> Why should your face look worse your faces look worse than the young man who are your age he says that would endanger my head before the king 
Verse 11, so Daniel said to the steward from the chief of the eunuchs, or whom the chief of the eunuchs had said over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Write that down, test. Test your servants for 10 days. Write that down, test. And let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Somebody say, what are to drink? If you want to be in the UK, you got to practice your what are. <laughs> your what are to drink. Then, let our appearance, not our intention now. Because a lot of believers are like, my intentions are right. No, we want to see your appearance being right. Oh, come on, somebody talk to me. No, I had good intentions. No, we want to see how you are coming across your appearance. It says, let our appearance be examined. Write that down, examination. So test, examination before you. And the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this matter and tested them 10 days. See that word again, test. And at the end of 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. I pray for somebody, particularly who's listening online, who's listening online, watching online. You have been losing wait for reasons you can't really place your fingers on but the same way God allowed this Hebrew boys to become fatter and fresher I prophesy over you over the next seven to ten days you're gonna look better than you have ever looked in the name of Jesus you're going to be fresher you're going to be fatter you're going to have your flesh back in the name of Jesus it says, thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. Verse 17, as for these young men, God gave them knowledge. Somebody say knowledge. And skill, say skill, in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king, write that next word down, interview. What was the first word you wrote? What's the second word you wrote? What's the third one? Does this sound familiar? Have you ever seen it in the scriptures? <laughs> Test, examination, interview. In other words, for a believer, you have no right to be afraid of tests. Oh, come and talk to me. Oh, you guys are afraid of this. Should we write one now? You have no right to be afraid of examination. You have no right to be afraid of interview. Why? Because tests, examinations, and, and interviews are appointments for you to reflect the excellence of God on the inside of you. They are platforms, <laughs> media, for manifesting the wisdom of God on the inside of you. It says that they were interviewed, and guess what happened? Now at the end of days when they were interviewed by the king, among them, and among them all, among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. Verse 20, let's read verse 20 together so that you can see that. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding, 
Okay, some people are not reading. Let's all read loud and clear together. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Thus Daniel continued until the first year. Get out of your seat and look for four people and tell them you can be ten times better than this. I didn't say high five people. I said tell them you can be ten times better than this. I don't need to look into a crystal ball to know. I can look into the word of God and I see it. You can be 10 times better than this. In fact, let me stand and prophesy to somebody that you will be 10 times better than this. I love that. Amen. Let that be the least you're going to shout today. Bukala, I have looked at you a little bit. I know you can be 10 times better. So I prophesy to you, you will be 10 times better than this. Tolu George, you will be 10 times better than this. Temi Dai, I know you've gone through some things even recently. But in spite of what has happened, you will be 10 times better than this. Lara, God revealed me to you in a dream. That's how come you came here uh, three or four Sundays ago and you haven't stopped coming. You will be 10 times better than this. See, no, I've given you some hard knocks. I'll still give you some if you do some things. But, but guess what? You will be 10 times better. Esther, you disappeared on me and called me a few weeks later, but now you are back. You will be 10 times better than this. Baby guy, you blessed us with spontaneous worship last week, but guess what? That's not the best of you we've seen. You will be 10 times better than this. More, more, you will be 10 times better. Fatima, you will be 10 times better. Abimbola, you will be 10 times better. Israel, I almost called in the curse of the week, but I called you in my spirit. You will be 10 times better than this. Please, I'm going to look for 10 people. Jab them, don't jab them. Lord, leg them and tell them 10 times better. 10 times better. Yes. I feel the power. And you may be seated. Father, we receive the spirits of wisdom and revelation in untold dimensions. We receive the spirit of excellence. We don't just want to write down words of excellence. Our lives must become embodiments of excellence. We don't just want to memorize Bible verses on excellence. We want to carry the spirit of excellence. That as carnal men are drunk on wine, we are drunk on excellence. We are not tipsy, but we are tipping things over. We are not tipsy, but we reach the tipping point. All those revelations will count for something. All those times of worship will count for something. All those immersion will count for something. All those vigils that KMT are hosting, they will count for something. In the name of Jesus, today I judge every spirit of lethargy. 
laziness, indifference, coldness, lukewarmness, taking it easy, running out of time. I judge you in the name of Jesus. May God set this house on fire. Your tails will burn with fire. You will not settle for less than, for just enough, for barely enough. You are going beyond and above in the name of Jesus. You break out of the confines of mediocrity, out of the limitations of mundane performance. Everywhere you go, your light shines. Everywhere you go, the difference is seen. Everywhere you go, people say there is something different about you. You will no longer use your disadvantages as an excuse. You no longer use your seeming disadvantages as a reason for underperforming. You lose the fear of examination, the fear of tests, the fear of interviews. And you begin to swim in untold confidence that comes from God. Father, we give you praise. Stitch the truths that you expose to us the fabric of our hearts. We will not just have a note full of wisdom. We will be noteworthy. We will be distinguished. We will be separated. For those who are online, the same grace and unction here will also transform their minds and bring them into a new level of access and excellence. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Pay attention, not just with your mind, but also with your spirit. If it's okay to clap. Because you know she was clapping and then nobody was clapping. It's like, ah, let, me just, let me not be the weird one. Please clap your clap. How many of you remember playing? I mean, if you were in America, we could use Vegas, but we don't want to get that complex and talk about casinos and all of that. But we can talk about Mazino. <laughs> How many of you remember playing Ludo? Anybody played Ludo? Oh, come on, raise your hand with pride. Right? Solomon, you never played Ludo. <laughs> I don't understand. You never played. Not once. Like, where did you play? <laughs> You're not a playboy. When you play the game Ludo, Sometimes it can make you feel like an olodo. Isn't that so? And it can be very painful because basically, for those who don't know what the game of Ludo is, you can Google it after service. Because <laughs> I can take you through the tour, like a Ludo tour uh, <laughs> this morning. But if you have a Ludo body, you can bring it. It's only you know, the collapsible type in your, your device or your pocket. It carries it. just want to be... I don't want to be bored, so I carry my Ludo game. Get on a, on a bus. If I'm getting bored, traffic is like, bros, can we play Ludo? <laughs> so, so like, <laughs> like, how are you going to stabilize? All right. So in, the, board of, in the, the game of Ludo, you have two sets of dice, or a set of dice, right? Or die, I don't know. Die. Die is one. Two is dice. Are you sure two is not die? <laughs> but sometimes all not die in the game. All right. Anyway, so you have these two, two things, dice, right? Um, and then you have what we used to call seeds. Basically, the tokens you count on the Ludo board, 
right? So they have different colors, green, blue, red, and yellow. And so many times it makes sense that four people are playing or two people are playing so they can share the houses. And people have all kinds of superstitions about how green is their favorite color uh, and how they must be the green house. But soon enough, they discover that sometimes the fact that it's your favorite color does not mean they will not beat you in a favorite manner, right? And sometimes people feel like, oh, I must be the first person to play. But sometimes you discover that the fact that you're the first person to play does not mean they'll be the first person to come out. And sometimes you can stay stuck in the house for a long time. And so initially, it starts out with all fun and games, but after a while, countenance begins to change and blood will start drying. Right? right. Who, who knows what I'm talking about? And the same they feel like is the vigor with which you shake the dice. Can someone give me a little, a little something, container? Does anybody have any little container? Like, don't worry, we will not be uh, surprised that your ability to carry empty containers around with you. Anybody, just anybody. Because I want to I display how some people do it. They'll do like, bah, 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 bah. See, I had six, five. No, literally, I like, I was, eh, thank you. Uh-uh. Celebration. Some people do like. Did anybody used to <laughs> a prophesying over the <laughs> six 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 in the name of Jesus? <laughs> Do you know what I played? One one. Tell me. Someone hit on their head. So in the game of Ludo, you discover that it's not the vigor that determines the winner. And it's a reflection of how life also works in some way. It's not a perfect illustration, so there are gaps in illustration, but follow my thinking. It's not about how well you are able to shake it. It's not about how well you're able to play it. It's not about how well this happens or that happens. Because sometimes the person who has 6'6", 6'6", 6'6", will still carry last. Have you seen that happen? So he's scoring the highest points. But sometimes people don't know how to play their tokens. Because even though they have the highest points, they are bringing out too many of their tokens at once. And so, they are exposing their tokens to being eaten by the opponent. So, it's not just about scoring the high points. It's also about knowing how to count. That's why the Bible says, 
teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom because somebody who lives for 90 years can have 90 years to live and only live for 16 years out of the 90 years he had. Oh, come on, somebody walk with me now. So Jesus lives for 33 and a half years and he's accomplished much more than any other person who's ever lived. In fact, Methuselah lived for 900, over 960 years, 963 years, right? And what we see, Methuselah lived and he died. Jesus lived for 33 and a half years. And what he has done has lived forever because somebody can be playing 66666 and he still comes last. Somebody plays just 61 or 65 or 62 every 10 rounds. And somehow, because the person knows how to move their tiles or how to move their tokens, they still win the game. Look at somebody say, Stop being anxious that you're not playing the 66 right now. Stop being anxious. It is not just about the numbers. How are you taking steps? That's why we read it some weeks ago. He says, do not be as fools. He said, be circumspect, be wise, understanding the times and the seasons. So the way you take the steps of your life are more important than the amount of resources you have. Because if you have a lot of resources, can you squander them or not? That is the story of the prodigal son. He went to the father and said, give me my own portion of the inheritance that falls to me. The father gives him the portion of the inheritance. What does this guy do? The word says he carries the inheritance and goes into a far country. And what does he do? He squanders all he has on riotous living. He expends his resources playing games, hanging out with the wrong women, chilling with pigs eventually. Because after you have expended all of that in Yoruba, they will say, oh, Juema, in other words your eyes will come down in other words your countenance will be falling because all fun and games are the beginning and have you noticed that the game of Ludo everybody is quite excited at the beginning have you noticed but after a while when you have been flogged I'm going to use another Yoruba expression about interpret after you have been flogged the Yoruba people will say in other words, your eyes will be holding Cain. <laughs> you have been so flogged, even your eyes are bleeding. That's what happens in life. Every child is excited. Every teenager is excited. Every 22-year-old is... Uh, the excitement is quotient is beginning to drop. By 30 and 40, when you can see the gap created by the decisions and indecisions of your teenage years, then everybody becomes sober. Look at somebody say, listen to this message this morning. This is the reason somebody who was acing everything, primary school, speech and prize given day, and the best <laughs> over Robin. Overall best in integrated science. Before she gets to her seat. Overall best in home economics. Overall best. Social studies. 
And she happens to be the social prefect. Literature. Jada is letting us know that she recently taught in this school. So all the subjects are fresh. But see what happens now. What happens is that girl, she gets all the awards. She gets into secondary school, maybe on scholarship, gets through university, has a first class. But when she graduates, she still can't figure out life. Because the fact that you are good at playing sixes does not mean you are good at arranging your tiles. So some of you have wondered, but I'm smart. I know I'm smart. I know I'm intelligent. I know I have a first class. I had a first class, but how come I'm now last in my class? I'm going to show you this morning how to crack that code. Are you ready? In our text, we'll find this guy who feels disadvantaged. Because for some of us, we feel like life has started out rough. As a matter of fact, if you were born in Africa and raised in Africa, generally, humanly speaking, naturally speaking, you have started behind. If you were raised in Africa, particularly in Nigeria over the last 30 to 40 years, you've already started, the one has given you gap. You know what they call gap? Oh, you guys talk to me this morning. I just started and you're already looking morose. This is the beginning of the Ludo game. Let's... Tino, are you still here? Vicky, you're here? So you see this now. <laughs> you're already behind. How do I know? Do you have a national insurance number? Do you have a healthcare package? Do you have any grants waiting for you? Do you have scholarship benefits because you were born? Whereas if you were born in the UAE, you already had about $10,000. In fact, when you are given birth to, your father is going to be given $10,000. Your mother is going to be given $5,000. And I think they keep that every month for I don't know how many years, a couple of years, just because you were born. If they try that in Nigeria, population will double in two or three years. So coming into the world as an Emirati, your birth is already literally a blessing to your parents. So they don't need to pray my gen one more. They're already eating it. Oh, can I talk right now? My gen one more means that you eat your children's labor, the fruit of your labor, that your children will reward you. They don't need it because the system already caters to that. Are you following me now? So if you're already born with some disadvantages, you have to understand how does God elevate people in spite of disadvantages? How does Moses, who is born in disadvantage, exposed to the hungry crocodiles of the Nile without any godfather to speak for him? He is floating in between the Russian river of the Nile. The reeds are there. The weeds are there. He's disadvantaged. He's born into a disadvantage. Yet this Moses becomes the deliverer of Israel. I want to prophesy over somebody. Debbie, come real quick. Debbie is an example of what I'm saying because Debbie, I remember 
remember Debbie? You remember Saturday mornings way back and the PS team, it is not KST, KST is King Service Team, PS is Pioneer Service Team. She would come very faithfully and you see it where you just see how she just looks like, oh, there's not a lot going on in my life, but she understands many of the things I'm going to be preaching and teaching this morning. She just got four scholarships for her PhD. Four! What's the value? Um, one of them is about 66,000 for the first year, then like 55,000 for the first year too. So like for the five years, you're just going to multiply the 56 by five years. Let's multiply because I won't be able to get it. 60 times five, 300,000, one school. I'm trying to show you something. One school times four, $1.2 million. What God, has, because you have to see value. What God has given your sister in the same house, her first degree was in the same country. What was your second degree? Direct PhD. Because you had, because you had, she had first. Disadvantage, but she's gotten a 1.2 million dollar opportunity. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but my assignment this morning is to show you how God rolls the dice and He breaks the pattern of disadvantage. That in God's economy, I don't want to jump out of myself, but in God's economy, whether you play six 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 or you just play six one, you are still going to win the game. How do I know? Let me tell you how I know. Because it gets to a point in the game of Ludo that all the person is looking for is one. Have you noticed how it is that you can be stuck at one step just before you win? And I want to prophesy to somebody the one thing you need, the one insight you need, the one revelation you need, the one open door you need, the one access you need, the one favor you need, the one opportunity you need is coming your way. The reason I brought Debbie on stage is to show you I've watched her grow. I've seen her diligent in the science lab in Mushi or where was it or Isolo a papa or someone like that where she would have to navigate all those big trailers and she's been faithful in children's church and faithful long before we had any Sunday morning gathering bro see why you remember uh, Debbie but God pulled her out she may not even look like what you would call somebody who's doing a PhD you'd be like she's still in year one or year two but look at what God can do the reason I'm doing this is to show you it does not matter what your disadvantage is if God gave your sister a 1.2 million dollar opportunity don't tell me there is no no grants for you. Don't tell me there's no scholarship for you. Don't tell me there's no open door any longer. Don't tell me that project, that outreach, that missionary map project cannot be executed. The God of Kings is the God of Debbie. He's the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is the God. Call your name. Who is your father to? You are not an orphan. Who am I talking to this morning? She's like, can I go now? No. Yeah, my Lazarus. When I say Lazarus, you know the Bible says when. <laughs> the Bible says that when Lazarus came out of the grave, people came to see Lazarus. In other words, they didn't just come to listen to, to Jesus. They came to see Lazarus. So Lazarus' life was a sign and a wonder. Because sometimes when I share some testimonies, I can't even share all my testimonies. But when I share some testimonies, people are like, it's because you're a pastor. Mm -mm. It's because I'm a child of God. 
engaging the wisdom and the power of God. And the reason I want somebody to be provoked this morning is, like I said to you, the gap may not look like much now between those of us who are given and those who are not given. Those who are diligent and those who are not diligent. Those who are carrying this thing on top of their heads and those who are not. Those who are excellent, killing themselves, sleeping by two and waking up by five so they can be here or doing vigils and still driving me like dummy to administration yesterday. The difference might not be much because at the beginning of the game, everybody has 4-4 four four in their houses. At the beginning of the game, but then a few minutes into the game, I don't want anybody to be left behind. You will not be left behind. That amen sounds like it's been left behind already. I said, You will not be left behind. Celebrate God for Debbie this morning. Shout disadvantage is not an excuse. Moses was born in the middle of contention. Noah was asked to build an ark. He had never built an ark before. There was no book where you could read ark building for dummies. That would have helped his life. There was no mentorship course, no online course, and no tutorial class for building an ark. Nobody had done it before. Google didn't exist. Nobody had done it before. So sometimes the disadvantage is God is asking me to do what nobody has done before. How do I go about it? Look at somebody say, God's got you. God has got you. Esther was disadvantaged. She was married to a maniac of a king. Yet she did the will of God. Moses was disadvantaged. Joshua was disadvantaged. Following this man called Moses who claimed to have heard from God and all his friends seemed to be born and having a, a great time. He would go up to the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights praying and fasting over a vision that was uh, handed over to him by his master but was serving faithfully for about 40 years or thereabout. Disadvantaged. Gideon said I'm the smallest of the smallest of the smallest and the smallest of the smallest family of the smallest clan of the smallest tribe come on somebody disadvantaged even Samson ended his ministry with his eyes out but it still said there's an advantage in my disadvantage I couldn't know who I'm speaking to you have the last child born out of wedlock raped at 16 manipulated at 21 skewed in your mind steeped in pornography addicted to weed at 25 I come this morning to preach you out of the demonic hell hole out of the pattern of evil that says to you you cannot be more than you are you were born in Nigeria you were born in the middle of Boko Haram full any herdsmen well there is a head who is greater than every herd and I want to prophesy to somebody he's pulling you out of that disadvantage you refuse to sink you refuse to die you refuse to wither you refuse to shrink in your disadvantage in the name of Jesus Lolex somebody and tell that person there is an advantage in your disadvantage there is an advantage there Jesus could have been considered disadvantaged who is your mother Mary who's your father Joseph and but Joseph said he didn't sleep with your mother now wow can you imagine the kind of bullying that was going on in Nazareth grammar school or Nazareth nursery and primary school the father and the mother they are not agreeing on their his paternity and all of that can you imagine how it would be today in today's world if somebody said well my father is not really my father and so in relationships they say it's complicated but in Jesus's paternity it could have come across as being complicated some of you are dealing with the complications of the mistakes of your parents where you are like well I don't even know why some of you are feeling bitter because they had everybody in America and some Somehow they just thought it's wise to come back to Nigeria.
Nigeria before they gave birth to you. So you are stuck with a green passport. The only thing red that you have is not a passport. It's red eye. Every time you're angry. Every time. But I come to announce to somebody this morning. God is turning your disadvantage into an advantage. That amen could do better. Could be better. Could be louder. Cougar. God is turning it around. Father Jay. God is turning it around. Don't let your neighbor out of their mundane facial expression. Tell him there's an advantage in your disadvantage. In God's process, that one, 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 you've been playing. Everything is slow. Occasional sixes. One, 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 one. It turns out to be what makes you the winner. Now somebody's going to be like, God, since you can control everything and you have all the dice in your, in your hand, why can't you just make all the sides of the dice six? Have you thought about that? But if every part of the die is six, you will never win. Some of you are not getting this. It's a message. Are you getting it? Because sometimes what you need is an odd number. An odd situation. An odd relationship. An odd economy. An odd boss an oddity of a neighborhood sometimes that's what you need so god can make every side six but he knows how to make the one or the two or the three exactly what you need when you need it god does not roll dice god does not run a casino it's just an imperfect illustration to help you understand are you getting it somebody in our text, we find somebody who's disadvantaged. Tombs, Daniel was disadvantaged. I'm not talking about these sticks. Even though these sticks may feel like the biblical Daniel. Disadvantaged. He had all those gifts of intelligence and wisdom that God had given to him. Because the Bible says, now God had given. So it makes me know that it was not his movement to Babylon that made him intelligent. Moving to Canada does not make you smarter. But it's cool to provide more opportunities for your smartness. But don't think that there's going to be some kind of genetic transmogrification as you cross the border. Your genes won't change. If you're foolish in Nigeria, you're likely going to have more opportunities to express your foolishness in Canada. If you're wise and intelligent in Nigeria, you'll likely have more opportunities to express your wisdom in Canada. Likely. Except you are operating your wisdom outside of divine wisdom. Which then makes you a fool. For the fool has said in his heart. There's no God. Even when it says there's no God in Nigeria. Disadvantage. So he's the smart young boy of Polymobile. Ask him what I wanted to become. Oh, I want to be a technocrat or run this accounting business for all the fisheries and the Sea of Galilee or Genesaret or something like that. And here comes this Babylonian army. They cut them away and they look for the choices. They look for the freshest. They look for the finest. They take all those people away into a far away country. They cut them all away. So now he's in a strange land. They change his name. They've given him a strange name. How many of you, how do you feel when somebody calls you a name you don't like? 
irritating. Now they're calling you a name you don't like in a language you don't know. So he's having to change everything. You know, it's easy to go to, uh, to UK or America or Canada because they speak your language. If they were speaking a language that you didn't understand, rather you speak their language for perspective. It's a bit difficult. So it was complicated, difficult. And now it was to put, put on a diet. And it was the king's meat, which means that this meat had been sacrificed to idols, consecrated to their temple gods and all of that. It was disadvantaged. But in the middle of all of that, God brought an advantage. He was working for a boss that was a maniac. A boss that was a despot, a dictator, broken person. But God brought out an advantage. I want to give us four quick things. Number one, if I don't get to finish them this morning, I'm good. we're going to do it in the second service. Number one, DICE is an acronym. So the D in DICE is diligence. How does God, how does God, bring advantages out of disadvantages or out of disadvantage diligence your diligence is not just a nice attribute it's a divine digger to dig you out of the pits of life is a divine digger to dig you out of the pit of poverty. Now I know that you're already blessed in Christ Jesus. You're saturated with all the abundance of God. Ephesians 1.3 says God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And that's the issue. They are in heavenly places. You're already blessed there. You're already enriched with justification, mercy, grace, peace, newness, oneness with God. So you have authority over the earth. But the way you deploy that authority in the earth is through the digger of diligence. Diligence is a digger. Somebody say that diligence is a digger. You know what a digger is? What he used to dig something. So there are treasures in the field God has called you to. There are resources in the field God has called you to. Whether it's music or entertainment or DJing or wristbanding or hairdoing or boonthing or uh, fooding or celebrationing or whatever, celebrationing and all that stuff or logistics. God has treasures in that field. If he called you there, there is a treasure in that space with your name on it. But the fact that there is water in the ground does not mean the people there will not die of thirst oh talk to me right how many of you dug wells when you were growing up not like you dug it physically but your parents were building a building project maybe your area was dry so they needed the borehole and they kept on digging right was it easy was it necessary it was not easy but it was necessary diligence may not always be palatable but it's an essential part of god manifesting your divine advantage in spite of disadvantages one of the things that that diligence brings is favor verse 9 it says now god had brought daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs we used that example a couple of Sundays ago where we said, you know that guy in every office, every block, and there is that boy who's always running around doing stuff for everybody, buying food for everybody, cleaning people's cars without them, asking them to do it. And after a while, people start paying attention to that little boy and they say, what exactly do you want to do? Because diligence brings favor. Let's do a little test. How many of you like people who never help you? Never. Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you like people who help you? You just like them. They might not be your type of person, but they've helped you too much for you not to like them anybody like that like people like that diligence i want us to read a couple of verses on laziness and diligence <laughs> proverbs chapter 6 
9 to 11. Proverbs 6, 9 to 11. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? How long will you lie there? How long will you sleep? How long will you slumber? When will you rise from your sleep? Why? A little what? Shout it louder. Don't sleep on this one. A little sleep, a little. What will happen? And what's going to happen? What's going to happen? So shall. Oh, come on. Come on. Y'all, y'all need to read this. So shall what? Who's poverty? <laughs> Who's poverty? Your, your poverty. <laughs> Come on you like a prowler. And your need like what? Do you know the implications of this? There is an allocation of poverty for every human being. Laziness is the access code to it. Write it down. There's an allocation. Everybody. That's why it says your poverty. Your poverty. So listen. I've lived in the United Kingdom before. And whilst there is a level below which most people would never fall. I saw people lying down and sleeping in the streets. And begging me for money. When I say people, I'm talking about white people. So they are in a rich economy, but they have a poor sense of diligence or poor knowledge of themselves or the economy. And therefore, it's translated into poverty. Because the fact that you have opportunities does not mean you know how to take advantage of them. And I'm wondering why Busaya is not taking notes this morning. Oh, you're taking notes. Oh, I'm sorry for the accusation. But your hands were like this. And the Bible says a folding of the hands. I'm looking out for my daughter. Look at somebody say, don't let your poverty come upon you. Some of you are not saying it with diligence. Say it with diligence. Don't let your poverty come upon you. Media, help us with the screen because I want us to put all those verses together on the screen at the same time so we can share it right now. He says, a little folding of the hands. A little, just a little. In other words, you don't need to even fold your hands for long. The next line says, he said, your need will come upon you. Let me tell you what that means. Anytime you are being overwhelmed by needs, there's an area in which you lack diligence. That's what the word implies here. You're being overwhelmed. Now, that diligence does not mean you're not doing business. It could mean that your accounting is poor. Your follow-up is poor. Your marketing is poor. Your selling is poor. Or your spiritual altar, your vital link to heaven that should oversee the business is weak. Needs were designed. Somebody say, I hear, I hear. That's what it says. A little folding of the hands. Watch yourself when you catch yourself at a staff meeting and a board meeting. Two, three meetings go by and your voice is not heard. 
you are already losing voice and you don't know. And even though you go and audition for the voice, you still won't win. Since your poverty, why? When people are sleeping, they are not actively involved in what's going on. So the sleep is not necessarily that you go and sleep physically. It's also when you are too detached, aloof, not actively involved. And you say, I'm a quiet person. May your destiny not be quiet. Somebody shout aloud and say, my destiny will not be quiet. It's okay to be quiet. It's okay to be conservative. But every now and again, you add value. When I say add value, you voice value. Not just add it. Add value regularly, back to back, every day. But no matter how much value you add, you must allow your voice to amplify that value. Because particularly in the corporate world, it is not the person that adds the greatest value that is promoted. It's the person that is heard and seen to be adding value. Or if you can say amen, say yes. If you can't say yes, say yes, sir. If you can't say yes, I say ouch. Help us with the screen media. We need to preach to 5,000 people when all of us put that on our, on our screens. I want to take, take a picture of it and push it out there. He says, how long? How long will you do it? Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs 10 verse 4. I'm going to run. He said, a slack hand. A slack hand. See what the Bible is saying. Don't spiritualize it. I bind every demon of poverty. Don't bind the demon of poverty. Otherwise, you might be binding yourself. Look at what the Bible says. I bind every spirit of poverty in my family, in my household. Now, if you're saying that, you better understand that that spirit is not necessarily a demon spirit that exports poverty. See, poverty is not a commodity. It is the result of a set of beliefs, actions, and inactions, decisions and indecisions. So if there's a spirit of poverty in your household, it was because somebody in your genealogy or ancestry, my spirit in quotes, opened a door through sleeping too much, through making poor decisions, through not preparing for the day of adversity. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because many of our parents would tell you, ah, in our time, there was this and that, and I get the point. But do you know what is also true? He says, learn from the ant. The ant makes preparation for a season it has not come into. In other words, when you make the millions of naira, or some of you have gotten your first digit, glory to God, your first seven digits, glory to God. Some of you have shared a testimony, others are keeping it coded. When you make that, that one million naira should be the hardest one million naira you make in your life. An illustration came to my mind, but I won't use it. The first time should be the most painful time. The hardest time. Glory to God. Why are you smiling like that? Yeah, gets in the message. All right. Proverbs 10 verse 4, what does it say? I want us to read together. Media, what's going on? Help us. Look into your Bibles real quick. It says, a slack hand. What does it do? A slack hand causes poverty. A slack hand causes poverty. He who has a slack hand becomes poor. So listen to this. It does not say a harsh economy causes poverty. Because some of us have schooled our souls in making excuses for what we should take responsibility for. 
slackhand, he says. A slackhand. This is the reason in the poorest economies, do you know there are billionaires? In India, India, there's a high rate of poverty. But do you know they have many billionaires in India? Who shouted coming? But what makes rich? You are not even intelligent enough to read it. Or oh, you are sober. What makes rich? No, he's a rich friend in government. Is that not what the Bible says? Is that what the Bible says? A big boy who's a politician. An aristo that saves your soul. <laughs> Manipulation. What makes rich? Give me TPT real quick. Give me TPT real quick. What makes rich? The hand of the diligent. Look at your hands. Say this hands. Look at your, you see, this is the problem in Africa. If I say bind the spirit of poverty in your family, everybody will be shouting. Look at your hands. Say this hands. You have a commission and a mandate to be diligent. Say you are diligent. You will make me rich. Shout aloud that you are diligent. Slackers will know what it means to be poor. While the hard worker becomes wealthy. I need your voices to be louder. I need your voices to be way louder. Learn to speak up. Give me amplified. Do you know who a slacker is? Do you know what a slacker is? Now this is not just, is on the bandwidth of laziness. Slacking. What's, a, what's slacking? They say there's an opportunity. There's an interview. Submit your CV. Slacking is one hour passes you have not done. Somebody laughed because they cut themselves. Just be laughing when it comes to your table. You know the first two, three weeks, we're all high in the sky. Revelation, now we're getting tactical. This is where the work is. So you better be absorbing it. It says submit your CV. One hour pass. You didn't submit it. That's a, already a problem. You know why it's a problem? If you're really looking for new opportunities, your CV should be on your device. I get invitations to speak. My profile pictures are on my device. My profile, I have three profiles. There's a general profile. There's a profile for churches. There's a profile for corporates. <laughs> They're on my device. You should have vital things on your device or access to the cloud sensitive documents say you want to travel you don't have a passport you are slacking i shared that about two years ago i said everybody here go and get a passport some people two years have passed i don't have money look at somebody say stop slacking some of you said that stop slacking in a slacking manner get out of your seat go to three people tell three people stop slacking He says, slothfulness will make you poor. I was in New York about two years ago. I'm telling you, New York, some of you have been there. One or two of you have been there physically. (laughs) 
By the way, I'm telling you now, by the way, if you have not been to New York, even in your mind, or you have not been to Lisbon, or you have not been to Oliver Tambo Airport in South Africa in your mind, or Auckland in your mind, you are slacking in your mind. Yes, in your mind. So I was in New York. I was a bit great, you know, fantastic place. I'm past the building. <laughs> New York, the lights will inspire you. For real, right? But some people who are following Jay-Z are still lazy. It's become a billionaire riding off their laziness that inspires them to do nothing but listen to his tracks. Follow Jesus, so don't follow Jay-Z. So think about that. I saw people on the streets wrapping themselves. New York, this, they have hotel rooms that go for $15,000 a night. Walking distance from that place. That you can get a job in New York that can pay you $1,000 a day. If you know how to market your skills, the New York Times building was there, close by, Empire State Building, there, close by, you know that building that Godzilla was on, close by, shopping malls, you know that place, bright lights everywhere, we're trying to be humble. <laughs> she went to school in New York, right New York? And LA. Oh, Atalanta, that's why you pepper them. Right, but you've been to New York many times, right? Once, and you've been there. <laughs> All those things are around, and people were sleeping in the streets. Sleeping in the streets. Oh, I don't have work, I don't have work, I don't have work. But you drive a car, and Uber business has never crossed your mind. Slack hands. Slack hands. Oh, I don't want to work. I don't want to work. I don't want to work. But you have a fine face. And you have not thought, what else can I do with my face but paint it? I don't have work. I don't have work. I don't have work. That's facial modeling. Isn't it? Are you seeing that? I don't have work. I don't have work. But your voice is the loudest. Yet you're not even a voiceover artist. Say my hands are no longer slack. Say louder my hands are no longer slack. My hands are diligent. So whatever your hands find to do, do with all your hearts. He said diligence is what brings wealth. It is not confessing over and over. The confession is to condition your inner configuration for the right activation. It's to release power in the atmosphere and also into you so that you can move or from you so that you can move in line with that diligence. Are you diligent even with the confessions in the course of the week? Or you just wait for somebody with energy to come and lead it once a week? Are you diligent with the message when I say, oh, you should listen to this man in the course of the week? Do you listen to it? Because the word does not say demons make you poor. It's not the Africans think demons are in the poverty equation. They are not. 
Demons are in the decision equation. <laughs> they are in the seduction equation. They are in the distraction equation. The Bible doesn't say angels bring wealth. Is that what is there? Angels. Oh, demons make you poor and angels bring wealth. That's not that's not the Bible. So when you're dealing with demons, you are displacing territorial influences that keep the souls of men locked up. You're not dealing with demons. Can you take one or two more? Obviously, I can do the ice. Part of it, I'll do the ice part in the second second service. Because second service starts by 10.30. And we're going to start by 10.30 and have enough time between the first service and the second service. So you can have fellowship. No worries, not amen this time. I'm stopping on the D. Proverbs, thank you. Proverbs 12 verse 24, I'm encouraged. Proverbs 12 verse 24. Diligent hands will rule. But laziness ends in forced labor. Those who have a master's degree in laziness will end up with a PhD of poverty. That's what it is. That's what it is. Please don't super spiritualize it. No angel is coming to save you from poverty. Oh, I activate my personal angels in the name of Jesus. Bring me the wealth of the Gentiles, the riches of the. Oh, yeah, you already have access to it. But you need the digger of diligence. Paul was so diligent with his calling and ministry that though his hands were bound in chains, he was still writing articles. Bound in chains, but still writing. In the middle of disadvantage, still writing. Please, don't tell me about your disadvantages. Tell me about what you are adding to your advantages. Tell me about that. Because we've read 1 Corinthians 15, 10, where it says, I labor more abundantly than all the apostles, yet not I, but the grace of God on the inside of me. So grace is a divine deposit that God places in the believer because God wants you to express the possibilities of grace through diligence. Now Jesus was full of grace and truth, true or true. Did he go about doing? Yes. So grace doesn't just be, it does. But the grace of God, by, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. In other words, when grace does not express itself fully, it's in vain. So grace has an expected end. Grace has a purpose. Grace has an expectation. That's why it says that you may know the hope of his calling. So Jesus, full of grace and truth, he worked harder than anybody you know. Paul, the greatest preacher of grace, labored more abundantly than all. He says, it's not me, it's grace. But this grace, I'm allowing it to work. Look at somebody say, stop frustrating the grace of God upon your life. 
can be hearing all this word but drinking all the spiritual juice and revelation and wine listen to all this beautiful music and then your life is not taking the shape so the fact that God is going to make the one and the six work together for your good does not mean you will not do your calculations because sometimes before you move your tokens on the board do you pause and think or not do you chill or not do you say give me a minute or not do you survey things or not Proverbs 14 verse 23. A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are satisfied. Don't forget Proverbs 12 verse 24. It says diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. In other words, if you are lazy at some point, you get into forced labor. Let me give an example of forced labor. You'll be forced to do the things you could have done by yourself much earlier in life without the shame and embarrassment. See, when you're in your 20s and your 30s, you can do almost anything in terms of work and get over with it. Get away with it. People can explain, no, you're a young person. You're driving Uber, a young person. You're driving a bike or a, a, a tricycle or something. People can understand that. But the times you've taken the Uber and you saw the 65-year-old man driving that Uber, did it not cross your mind to ask what happened? Did you not feel a sense of pity, a sense of loss about that? Come on, somebody talk to me. What happened? What could have gone wrong? Of course, life happens. So there are people who may have been diligent much earlier in life and then something happens in the middle of the story and they didn't manage it well. So I'm not condemning people, but I'm trying to tell you that's an anomaly. That's not the natural order of things. Just like if you see somebody who was born without a limb, that's an anomaly. It's not the natural order of things. The natural order of things is that the person who is diligent will bear rule, will be given rulership, will be given influence, will be given the capacity to oversee. Look at your hands again. Say, my hands, you are diligent. My hands, you are productive. You bring forth excessively. Forced labor. So the 65 or 70 year old person has no, has no pension plan, has no investment, has nothing that he has put aside. And now he has to go into forced labor. What's the forced labor in some cases? Overriding your dignity and your sense of worth and calling people to raise money for you. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 9. All hard work brings a profit, <laughs> but mere talk leads to poverty. Mere talk. There's a generation that talks about 10 times more than they work. And most of the things that people post online are not things that they are, they're not things that have to do with them producing. They are things that have to do with them consuming. So give me uh, some ideas of the things that, are, that go viral online. Just tell me. Pictures of what? You're not diligent enough to observe. Of what? BBN. So yes, they are consuming that content. Give me some more. 
Meals. Did you say meals? News that go viral. What kind of news? Comedy skits. They are consuming it. They're not creating it. Give me some more. Vacations. People go on vacation and they are consuming the hotel. They're consuming the beach. They're consuming the water. They are consuming dance videos. People are consuming entertainment. Nudity. People are consuming it. They are not creating. And so you're going to wonder why are people surprised that they are poor? When the Bible already says that the person who is slack, the person who is slothful, the person that does not create productively, the reward for that laziness, the thank you gift is poverty. Are you following what I'm saying? All hard work in all labor there is profit but idle chatter leads only to what to so come help me chair come help me Dami, come help me can you be poverty for the purpose of this illustration yeah I know you don't but just be because let me tell you sometimes poverty doesn't look it some people who are the best dressed are the worst paid I'm not talking about you. That's not your story. I know that's, that's the truth. I, I, mean, I mean, that's not true of you. But some people, is what, they, what they're doing is what they call fine barra. They package so that you think they have money. So when they ask you for a facility, soft loan of one million, you will look at them from top to bottom and say, ah, but boy, he'll pay back. But that's what they have used to scam all the ladies they've dated. Yes. Some ladies who are not saying anything, they have given boyfriend 500k that's entered one chance. Oh, oh, come on. Oh, can we talk? The people on the stage. 500k you have never given to God. But he came and said, honey, you know you've always believed in me. A part of you knew that this was possibly a lie. But you're like, I love him too much to live in his time of need. What you didn't understand was that it wasn't his time of need. It was his time of seed. He was taking that money as seed to shock another loan he had taken from somebody who was double dating or he was going to move on to after he was done with you. Because diligence also applies to your relationships. Some people don't do their due diligence. He looks the part. You're not asking questions. The person is telling you, oh, I graduated 10 years ago. He doesn't have a car. You've never asked. He said he's going through life for 10 years. That is a picture of the next 10 years of your marriage. You're not doing, I'm not saying abandon him, but ask what happened. Maybe he invested heavily in a business that went, but ask what happened. All I know is that he loves me. He writes me romantic poems. He will write you a poem on poverty. Shakespeare. He will shake you and spare you. Shake you like milkshake. Can we talk? Because folks, 
think it's some airy fairy spiritual. When the Bible says that Abraham was rich, what was he doing? Was digging wells. In other words, he had a water plant, a water business. You think well was he was drinking anointing oil out of the well? So this, guy, ah, this well is anointed. That's water irrigation. Isaac, transgenerational wealth, irrigation. Till today, water is selling in every economy. And it can sell from five naira, okay, I think 10 naira now, 20 naira, 20 naira now. <laughs> no thanks to boo boo. Two for 50 naira. Are you in the business? It's not a bad thing. By the way, why should you see if you are not anybody here that's saying, I don't have work. If I hear it from you again, what I want to hear is, I'm still trusting God for a better job, but meanwhile, I am doing this. I'm doing that. I'm partnering with Rosemont. I'm getting referrals for GB. I'm working with Kuga about this business. So we had business expo. It shouldn't end with business expo. So you don't have anything you're doing productive with your life. Instead of bombarding people with life's problems that they don't care about on your WhatsApp story. You think they care about how your mood is? Do you, do you really think people online really care about, oh, my boss just slapped me. Oh, good for you. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like you before anyway. That's what somebody is saying. Is what you, do, you really, do you really think folks are going all about life trying to gather other people's problems? <laughs> That's why you have a spiritual family of people who care. Your team. Kings, right? And maybe some other few believer, believing friends. I'll be like, I'll say a prayer for you. Not prayer they're saying for you, they're saying as they're typing it. <laughs> Random people. Let me tell you why it's true. Have you not done that to somebody before? <laughs> so why you so why do you expect somebody that will now take a one-hour prayer meeting on your matter? <laughs> My friend, get out of that <laughs> atmosphere. That's why you need a local church. Of people that really, really care about you and can ask, even if they forget the next Sunday, say, hey, so that thing you discussed, how was it? Let's pray now. Pray five minutes, ten minutes, maybe fifteen minutes if they really like. <laughs> Are we getting this now? Do you tell you look like I'm not preaching the gospel this morning? But are you getting this? Can we celebrate forever? Forever, forever. It's good to see you. Celebrate forever this morning. We've missed you. In all labor, what do we have? Profits. So this is what, what happens. This is profit. This is labor. All this guy can see, all people can say, this guy is laboring, laboring, laboring. In all labor, there is what? Shout louder. In all labor, there is what? But somebody is going to say, I labored and lost money. Sometimes when you lose money, you gain sense. So sometimes the profit from the labor is the mental maturity, discernment, accurate judgment, not trusting people too quickly, follow-up, intentionality, capacity, the need for networking. Sometimes you lose money, but you gain wisdom in all labor. Now God doesn't promote you based or reward you based... On your results. He reward you based on your labor. Do you know why? 
when it says no labor there's profit do you know that if you put in an amount of labor in one field and you put in that amount of labor in another field the returns can be different Two people in the same industry but different locations can have different results. God said, I owe it to you that whatever your labor was, I pay you according to that labor, not according to the environment in which you labored. Once you get this, you will stop being selective with your diligence. Because what most people do is they find a nice environment. Ah, it looks like the boss likes me, so let me be diligent so that he will like me more. God is saying whether it's harsh or whether it's easy, deploy it. Why? Because in that labor, whether your salary here is 70K and over there is 250K, there is still a profit in the labor that will make sure that you don't lose out as long as you understand Christ is your boss. Somebody say, I get it. But it said, but chatter leads only to poverty. So what happens is many people just talk, 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 tick tock. Talk, talk. Be following, you know. Be following. As you're talking, just be following. Talk. You guys are talking and following. Talk. <laughs> Where are they headed? <laughs> Let me tell you something you must realize. You must be frank enough to tell yourself that at the rate at which I'm going, by 45, I will be a poor man. must be frank enough to tell yourself at 50 the way I am going that I've worked for five years I've not bought a parcel of land yet I have a wardrobe filled with colorful clothes like some kind of fashion rainbow even though my mother is not a rainbow the way I'm going you must be frank to say the way I don't give like this my wife is going to suffer. You, you have to tell yourself that. So, because if you don't give to God, how will you give to a, a daughter of God? You won't now. In your mind, you will think, that's why as you're marrying, be asking people questions. What are your beliefs about giving? Giving to God. So people, they can give to everybody but God. What they're already telling you is that they will give to all your neighbors but your children will suffer. Because they don't understand priorities. I'm telling you the truth. Be honest enough to say, this set of decisions, where are they leading me? Because they're leading you somewhere. Go to see your covenant. Keep in God. There is no one like you. <laughs> Let me read one more, then we close, because we've got to close. Poverty. Do you know that, <laughs> do you know how many people have been led on to Poverty. I do chatter. He said, I do chatter. It's not saying you don't chatter, but I do chatter. In other words, when your talk is louder than your work. Louder. Lao lao spending. Spending. <laughs> now, somebody might go, oh well, this one, this one is a, you know, when Old Testament, let's go to New Testament and read two, two portions. Because uh, Old Testament, uh, all things are passed away. Wisdom in Proverbs has not passed away. It's intertestamental. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 6. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 6. 
We command you, brethren. Somebody say, we command. command. Say, it's a command. We command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother. Every. Withdraw. In other words, you have God's permission not to be close to some believers. Because you will learn their ways. It's that I command you. <laughs> I love everybody, but I'm not close to everybody. Once I see that your walk is like this, like that. Even if you're my son or my daughter, and I correct you, I teach you, I share with you, I'll just maintain my side. What's so cool? No love lost, but I cannot be invested in somebody who's wasting my investment. Beyond a certain point. I can do that for a while, but beyond a certain This is what the word says. And some of you don't know. You used to be very diligent. You took life very seriously. Then you stay hanging with people that say, your own is too much. Your guitar is too sharp. Your shirt is too white. Your lips are too well done. Your CV is too clean. Then you stay reducing your levels to fit into a circle God already promoted you out of. He said, withdraw. That's what he said. Withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which you received from us. Let's continue. Not according to the tradition. In other words, there are some templates of living, some patterns of living that God wants us to adhere to. Media is not helping me this morning. Media. All right. Now it says, verse 7, For you yourselves know how you ought to follow us, for we were not disorderly among you. What's the next thing it says? Nor did we eat anyone's bread. How? New Testament. Don't tell me you take somebody's bread and say, Jesus paid it all. Grace covers it. Disgrace will cover you the way you are going. That's why some of you do stuff for me. And I say, I need to pay you. Send me your invoice. Send me your account number. Oh, pastor, I'm doing it for free. I'm doing it for free. No problem. Can you allow me? Except the person really wrestles me and says, oh, pastor, no, no, no. You've done so much for me. I cannot tell it all. <laughs> I don't want to eat your bread for free. Are you following what I'm saying? I have the right to some of your bread. I hope you're aware of that. From the Bible, let him that teaches, labors, and doctrine be considered of worthy honor. The honor there is material returns. It says give to your pastor is in the Bible. But if you want to give to me, give to me. I will not come and take your service or product and say my grace covers it. Why are you laughing? Many ministers do it often. Are you getting this? He says, we did not eat anyone's bread for free of charge. Now, I'm even talking about me laboring over you day in, day out. Now, some of you don't labor over people, but because they are your friend, you want them to do ushering job for you for free. You want them to do makeup for you for free. You want them to do hair for you for free. All wrong now. Because we're brothers. No, I got bills. 
And brotherhood doesn't pay my bills. Look at your neighbor, say, don't eat my bread for free. If you don't have money, butter. If you don't have money, say, Victor, make me five shirts, I'll give you a website. Or you have a website, make me five shirts or ten shirts, I'll do an app. Cougar, give me ten meals, I'll design a logo for you. Cougar says, no, my meals are worth more than that logo. Okay, give me five meals. Butter. Because one of the things that mammon has done is to make you feel like because you don't have money, you don't have value. It's not true. You have value. Don't be ruled by mammon. Don't be ruled by paper money. God didn't use it at the beginning, so why are you bound by it? Barter. Trade. 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 I did it recently. Somebody who's been a part of my community, business community for a long time, just growing, growing, invested in some of my online programs and all of that, and designs website. I say, you know what? I want to be a part of this new community I'm building. I'm going to give you XYZ access and discounts and all. Design my website. And I said to him, I said, I know you, that you need some cash because cash flow is the life of a business. You need some cash. So what I'm going to do is I will still pay you cash out of it to make it fair for you. Even though what I'm offering you is bigger than what the website is worth. That is what it means to be godly. Don't be manipulative. Don't be skimish. Don't use grace to manipulate people. Bambuzi. Don't you know I'm your master life teacher? We don't do it here. I know nobody does it. I can master your life. Even though your life is not a song, I can mix and master it. Cooper, help me close. <laughs> he said, what did we do? Who's speaking? Paul! This guy planted churches. In fact, he said to one of them, he said, you owe me your eye. Have you seen that? Maybe I'll show you in a second. Service. He said that you owe me even your eye. Well, he said, he said, said you owe me your life. So another person said, I know you could have plucked out your eye for me. He said, but we did not eat your bread for free. Some of you is not only believers' bread you are eating for free. You are eating your neighbor's bread for free. You've borrowed everything, including kulikuli and corn. Your kitchen is filled with the ajase. What's even that again? I don't know where all this was coming from. Ajase and olota, the sieve, and the grinding stone of your neighbor. They are in your house. So you have a mini estate of borrowed items in your house. Some of you use borrowing to steal. You borrow it in such a way from someone that you know will not really ask for it. Can I borrow your earrings? Ladies do it a lot. Can I borrow your chain to keep you in chains? Can we pray? Time is almost. Can we pray? Can we pray? I won't eat bread for free. I won't, I won't be lazy anymore. I will not be lazy. I could only deal with the D in the service. In the second service, we'll deal with I. Father, in the name of Jesus, let this convicting word transform every heart that has heard it, everyone who has heard it. Everyone who has heard it. We are diligent. We're resolved to be. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Real quick, let's honor the Lord with our giving this morning.
Thank you, guys. Thank you, brothers. It's okay to clap. Be diligent enough to. Give diligently. Do you know also in giving you can be diligent? It said, he that leads with diligence. And then it says, he that gives with generosity. Give, be diligent in your giving. One of the ways to be diligent in your giving is to apportion your finances. Don't be random. Apportion your finances. Have bare minimum. So one of the ways to raise standards in your life, minimum number of chapters you read in a day of the Bible, minimum number of hours you pray, minimum number of days you fast in a month, minimum amount that you give, because God works with portions and ratios and percentages. So diligence is also apportioning or rationing fixing ratios to time energy money really all those things outer cut inner cut most holy place percentages portions ratios 30 60 100 fold percentages portions ratios don't be random if i make money this week i'll give 2k you will not be making money but when you say the minimum i'll give you on any sunday is five thousand naira, you will see how your systems will recalibrate just ask those who've done it Let me tell you one of the ways in which you exercise faith. One of the ways in which you exercise faith is to do what you don't think is possible for people like you. God likes it. Because it will reveal to you a greater you that you never knew existed. You'll be like, nah, maybe this. In denying yourself, also deny that self that you think cannot give beyond a certain level. Deny that self. Father, we thank you because our given us blessed. Our giving is blessed. Our sacrifices are accepted because our right to you has been paid. Our access to you has been paid for by the rights we have given in Christ. We have been given in Christ Jesus by the speakings of the blood. And so we thank you that this money is our blessed and the givers are super blessed. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Please pass your envelopes. If you're doing a transfer media, can you keep this? the numbers on the screen sometimes the transfers don't go as quickly if you're doing a transfer sometimes the network is bad the signal is not strong enough just want to do that if you're with us for the very first time on a Sunday morning at the gathering of kings we want to just take a moment to celebrate you appreciate you recognize you Please, could you stand right now? Could you please stand? Your first time with us. Thank you, sir.
Thank you so much, sirs, for being here with us this morning. We're so delighted that you responded to our invitation. We know that God himself ordered your steps to be here. Maybe a friend told you about us, but it was God that brought you. And we're grateful that you responded. We have a small reception for you somewhere at the back there. So follow the lovely lady in the nice turtleneck, waving her hands in a royal fashion. She's going to guide you to a safe room, a safe space. We'll place some material in your hands and tell you more about what we represent and what God has laid in our hearts to do together with you and all those that is bringing to this house. Come on, kings. Let's put our hands together for them this morning. Hallelujah. For those who are not staying for second service, have your most diligent week yet. And because to be your most diligent week yet, your hands will make you rich. According to the purposes of God, you will not beg, you will not borrow, but you will give unto many. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Say amen louder. Generation is rising. An emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing. Someone you know needs this. Kindly share this out.